Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Hey, good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. I'm one of your co-hosts, Karen Gibis, and I am joined today by Brendan Murphy is sitting across the table from me. We are practicing our social distancing with the most effort ever I think I've put into this. So, <laughs> Brendan, welcome and thank, thank you. you for joining me. Will you begin our Real Presence Live show today by offering a prayer? Yes, thank you, Karen. Appreciate that. Uh, Today, I want to uh, pray and invoke the Holy Spirit. So please uh, uh, bow your heads in prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle them in the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. So we are on location at the Newman Center here in Rapid City, and our first um, interview today actually is going to talk about the Newman Center here, and you are the director um, at the Newman Center here in Rapid City that's connected to the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology. So why don't you start, and then you can go right into our interview with our guest, but why don't you start by just saying how long you've been here, been the director, and then we can progress into the other wonderful things about this Newman that, Center. That sounds great. Thanks, Karen. Uh, yes, as she said, uh, Brendan Murphy, I've been here just short of a year. I started last August um, for uh, last school year. Uh, prior to that, I was in the military for 21 years, um, active duty, guard, and uh, also Air Force. And uh, it's been a real blessing to be here ever since I, I came last August uh, to be a part of this and, and also help grow in my faith. Um, as a development director, my goal is to make sure that this Newman Center, this beautiful place that we have here at School Mines, is uh, sustainable, and we're here for generations to come. And that's why I'm the first full-time uh, director, uh, development director in, in particular. So my, my job is to make sure we uh, have a lot of activities and things that we can do for the students, but also be able to raise the the uh, the money and uh, put forth the effort to make all of that happen. And I've been just super blessed to be able to do that and be a part of this community of faith here at the School of Mines. Well, and I suppose there is, um, coming in with this being, I guess, a, a little bit of knowledge under your belt at this time going into your second year here, but you have had a crazy year, first year here at the Newman Center with the COVID-19. And I bet you never anticipated I mean, it's hard enough keeping the lights on on something like this and, and right. keeping the students occupied and supporting them spiritually and all of those things. But then you add in that extra dynamic that I can't imagine what you guys must have gone through trying to figure out how you could still minister to the students and yet still fulfill the, the whole aspect of fundraising and, and keeping all of that in line with what was going on and people were staying home and you had to take care of 
you know, all the other small details that when you said, yes, I'll, this will be a great job. This will be a great opportunity for me. You probably never saw that coming. I didn't. I honestly never saw um, this in my plans. But um, I'll tell you, when I talked to Father Christensen and Father Mark at last year's Mayfest, that's where it all started. And they just asked, what are you doing now that you're retired? And... Um, and they, the eyes got big and, oh boy, do we get a job for you. <laughs> and so it was really um, just a great invitation to, uh, to this new uh, life for, for me and my family. And we're very blessed to do that. I'll tell you, have, being here with um, the, the students that are here, they're wonderful, wonderful kids. They really are. And uh, the parents that are out there that are raising these young men and women should be very proud of themselves, um, not only for, um, you know, the the academic right. uh, aspect, but also from their faith point of view. They're, they're very connected. And this, this little microcosm here that's part of the School of Minds is just indicative of how awesome the School of Minds really is. And we get such great support from administration, Dr. Rankin, you know, who's, who's with us today, and we'll, we'll get to him in, in just a moment, and just very, very blessed to, to be here um, with our Focus Minis, uh missionaries. Uh, we have two new students that are missionaries that are coming in uh, shortly, which we're very excited about. And, um, you know, we just prayed very hard because, you know, during this time of uh, challenge, especially on budget cuts, it was um, something that we decided we just weren't going to um, allow that to, to get us down. And so we've been very blessed with a lot of people that have come forth um, to support us financially. And uh, for that, it allows us to keep our uh, focus team here and just feel so lucky to, to have that as part of our ministry here. Do you find that um, with the quality of student, of the student body that does regularly participate at the activities here at the Newman Center, do you find that they encourage you to live your faith in a way that you have never challenged yourself to before? Well, I think um, when I look at their faith um, and where I was when I was their age, I certainly wasn't there. I just wasn't. And, uh, you know, I, and I grew up in, in a Catholic family, went to the University of St. Thomas, a Catholic University in, in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I look at these young, bright young students and I think, wow, I... Well, I kind of missed out. You know, I didn't, I didn't take full participation of my faith back then. Um, but, you know, I look at it, I, you know, I don't regret that I didn't because it just, at that time, it wasn't, it wasn't in my cards, so to speak. Yeah. And just being here, I think that's why God calls us to do certain things. And he is, he's uh, called me to be here to help shepherd these students. You know, I've got some life experience that I think I can definitely yeah. help out. Um, and I, and I talked to a lot of them just offline, you know, whether it's resume, you know, helping out with a resume or, you know, with the class or just, just life right. questions. They, they see me, I, I hope, as a, someone that can, can help guide them, you know. Yeah. And, and it's very, very exciting, very comforting to know that, you know, I'm, I'm becoming part of their life here at the school. Well, they are blessed to have you as well as our guest. Um, today. So if you want to introduce our guest and get this interview started, I think it, now is the time. I mean, you can't have any better lead-in than that. That's right. Well, <laughs> I'm very honored um, uh, and, and a good friend of mine as well. Um, and it's you know, with us today is Dr. Jim Rankin. He is the president of the School of Mines and Technology here in Rapid City. 
uh, and and it's just uh, can uh, we can see, see the school can, right from right. Our, where just we're stone throws away. That's right. And so with that, uh, Dr. Rankin, we're very excited to have you, and thank you for being here. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, you know, as we kick this off, Dr. Rankin, um, again, you know, just really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a very crazy and busy time right now with COVID-19 going on, with school about to start here in the uh, just under a month. Um, but before we get into some of those things, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, we've been back here uh, in uh, Rapid City for since January of 2018. Uh, my wife, Dr. Wendy Rankin, is with me, and so uh, it's great to have her and uh, get a chance to work with all the faculty and staff and students here. Well, we have three grown children. Our oldest, uh, Kara, and her family live in uh, North Carolina. Uh, daughter number two and her family, they live in Ohio, and our son is out in California. And so it's always important that Rapid City have a great airport because it's a little hard <laughs> to get to all those places and, and get the family to come visit. So, um, But graduating from here, I, I actually graduated from an electrical engineering degree um, back in the 70s. Um, and so we did that, and unfortunately, when I graduated, there weren't very many jobs for electrical engineers in South Dakota, so I had to leave the state at that point. And we spent about 13 years in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and then we moved to St. Cloud, Minnesota. We were there about eight or nine years. Uh, went to Athens, Ohio, down in Appalachia, over by Parkersburg, West Virginia. We were there about 13 years. And, it, and then over that, we went to uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, for about eight years, and we were fortunate enough to come back here to uh, Rapid City, and so. But I grew up in South Dakota. I I was born, raised the uh, first uh, probably ten years in Draper, South Dakota, and then we moved to Fort Pier after that. So I graduated from Stanley County High School in Fort Pier. Okay, well, you know, with um, all this COVID nineteen that's taking place since March, it's affected everyone's lives. Uh, can you tell us a little bit how it has affected? The lives here at the School of Mines. Yeah, it's it was really a strange spring semester, and you know we feel sorry for all the seniors who didn't get a chance to graduate. We had a virtual commencement, um, but we did offer for them, please come back if you'd like to walk at a future one, uh, maybe with a friend or with a sibling that's going to graduate. So we've encouraged them to come back and walk. But when we left at spring break, we were just starting to get into the pandemic, and we suggested to the students maybe you ought to take your laptop and your books with us and. I don't think I would have listened to that advice if you're going on spring break. And so we had a lot that didn't come back or it didn't take them with them. And then we knew things were starting to happen. And so we, as a system, and we decide everything. There are six public universities in South Dakota. And so all six of us decide together and try to stay in sync uh, with our board of regents. And we said, all right, let's take a second week of spring break while we reorganize and we will start getting our faculty to prepare for online courses which is tough for us because we have very few undergraduate online courses. Everything we do is we teach in the classroom because there's so many labs that you have to take. And so our faculty did a fantastic job within a week of turning that around. And we said, well, all right, let's do a week or two of online classes, then we'll bring everybody back for in-person. Well, about halfway through that next week, it was like, this isn't realistic, you know? And so we said, all right, all six universities said, we're just going online for the rest of the spring, and all of our summer classes will go online as well. Right. We're, we're really, you know, one of the things we pride ourselves on is that probably every year, 97 or 98% of our students get a job when they graduate or they go to graduate school. 
And we were wondering how that was going to impact. And our, our data just came out last week or two weeks before. We're at 96% this year. So our students still got jobs at the pandemic. The place where they got hurt were internships. We had a lot of internships, yeah. summer internships that got canceled. And, you know, one positive for that is we doubled the number of summer classes we offered. And our enrollment was at least double from what we normally have. So the students who weren't taking an inter internship decided, hey, this is a good time. Let's maybe take some classes and get ahead in our coursework. So how, uh, with that enrollment, let's talk that for a second. How How is it looking for this upcoming year? And, um, you know, what are... What are those concerns and, and things that some of the parents may have expressed to you and your staff you know, throughout the college? Yeah, we're, um, enrollment right now is, is flat or just about uh, just less than 1% down. And it's interesting, we're up in freshmen. Wow. We have more freshmen than we had last year. Huh. It's the juniors and seniors who haven't registered. And so we're out pushing them, trying to get them to come back in and register. We're hoping it'll stay at that rate. Um, you know, with some of the details, there's a lot of concern from parents and students, and rightfully so. Well, maybe we should take everything online. And you've got the other side of the spectrum that says, I don't want any more online. We just need to do in-person. It's safe enough for us to do that. So we have to try to balance that. And we're strongly encouraging wearing of masks. And uh, we're looking to see if maybe there's a chance we could mandate them in labs or classrooms. But that's a, that's a bigger decision than just our campus. But we're really working hard on, we want to make sure we have a safe environment for faculty, staff, and students as we come to the fall. Right. And, and how does that affect uh, things like um, food service and the dorms? I mean, that's, that's got to be a challenge. Dorms, we have a, a little over 1,000 beds in our residence halls here on campus. And we originally were going to say, let's only fill 85% of those. We had such a demand, we went up to 90%. We'll, we'll probably slip a little as we get closer to school. But we've got 20 rooms and 57 beds set aside for isolation or quarantine for anybody that would be a confirmed positive or anybody that's been around a confirmed positive. So we're looking at that to make sure we're doing that. Huh. Dining halls, we're actually going to have probably four different dining services this fall. We'll have the normal Surbeck dining hall, but we've taken our ballroom where we have all of our big events, and that's now a second dining service area. Okay. And then up at the King Center, which is our athletics place, we will serve some food up there. And in the library might be a coffee shop and a snack bar, some things like that. So we're trying to spread people out as much as we can. Oh, that's well, fantastic. This is absolutely fascinating to hear, like the back part of how this works, you know, like the background part. But, you know, we're going to have to take a break. But when we come back, let's talk about how the School of Mines and the Newman Center can work together to help you know, get through this time of this challenge, as you called it, That's Brendan. Right. So stay with us here on Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. Are all sins forgivable, even suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus said that there's only one unforgivable sin, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Basically, that means dying without repenting. 
But how can someone who dies suddenly, such as by suicide, have a chance to repent of any sins? Jesus tells St. Faustina that he comes to the soul at death and gives them three opportunities to repent. Regarding suicide, Catechism 2283 says, By ways known to him alone, God offers them the opportunity for repentance. In essence, the only unforgivable sin is not accepting the mercy of God. So to learn how to help your loved ones do just that, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. And we hope the future brings you here, close to home, at mountmarty.edu. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, we're back here live at the Newman Center in Rapid City, South Dakota, and we are talking with our guest, Dr. James Rankin, president of the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology, along with my co-host, Brendan Murphy, director here at the Newman Center. Hello. And we were talking before this about all of the um, concerns and the steps that you guys are having to deal with coming back into the new school year, but let's shift gears just a little and talk about how the Newman Center is going to play a role in the students coming back here to the School of Mines. Yeah, uh, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is um, as students need a place to go to study, just get away from, you know, the, the grind over uh, with the academics and, and just the schedules that they hold. Um, I know the Newman Center can offer, you know, kind of a place of um, solace, you know, for, for these folks. Whether And we, we invite everyone that, that wants to come here. The doors are open to everyone. You don't have to be a Catholic to, to come in the doors and uh, offer a lot of things like Sunday suppers and swing dancing and just a lot of, um, you know, Monday night rosary walks and, and things. But... Um, how do you, Dr. Rankin, um, view the Newman Center as, as something that's, um, that, that can help the students, especially during this time? Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, as I was mentioning to you uh, before we started, uh, the first Newman Center was in 74, which has been my freshman year here at the School of Mines. I didn't know it existed. I mean, when we would go to Mass, it would be up a cathedral. And so... The new Newman Center that's here is just—it's so visible, it's so open that you're half a block from the main campus, and you're right next to every dorm we have. The dorms I, we can see every dorm almost from this window, and it's just right here in the outreach. And like you say, it's not just a Catholic students, but you know, I know the football team will come over, and they would come and have a, meetings and events in the basement, and it's just a, an open and welcoming place. And the Newman Club. You know, the stu- it's that visible outreach, I think, is so important because they get to see that there are other Catholics coming over here and celebrating, and it's an opportunity to come to Mass. And 
you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, it's like at 7.30 at night, so it's, you know, it, you get to do all your studying and all the things you did on Sunday, then come to Mass, and it just really is a, is a great environment here. Uh, that's great, and, and it is. We're, we're blessed to have this building. You know, it was built, uh, dedicated back in uh, September of 2013, so, you know, it's only a seven-year-old building, or soon-to-be and, uh, you know, it's just such a nice place. Um, it's nice and clean. You walk in and, you know, the impressions that you get, uh, I hear often from students and, and uh, you know, just parishioners that like to come in is, wow, this place is great. This is beautiful. And we're, we're lucky to have that. Now, the, another question I had is, you know, with the Newman Center, why do you think um, the Newman Center, you know, as a Catholic yourself, how does that um, enrich the faith of the students? Here, you know, during this, not only the pandemic, but just you know, for their the years that they spend here, uh, and and the tough academic schedules that they hold, how does that enrich their lives? Yeah, it's just it's it's a place. I don't know. I will use the word solace. I don't know if that's the right, but it's also a spiritual uplifting because when you're taking four classes a semester. Mm-hmm. And three of them are probably calculus or calculus-based. It can get a little stressful at times. (laughs) And we understand that. And, you know, we provide uh, counseling over at the university that if you want to talk to somebody. But the ministry that's right here at the Newman Center that you can come in, and anybody can come in. And, you know, the doors are open. You can come in and sit in front of the altar and prayer or say your prayer or meditate and just get away from things that are, you know, half a block away but you get some time to yourself. You get some time to w- with God, and which is really important. I think it really uplifts those students to come and take advantage of it. The question is, how do we get more to come and take advantage? Exactly. That's a that's a great question. Um, and I think when we, when I look at that, because um, as soon as I came in into the office, it was okay. How do we how do we build? Right. It's how do we develop? That's that's why I was hired. Yep. You know, as the development officer here. Um, and I think a key component of that is our focus missionaries. You know, they, these four individuals are here uh, to enrich the lives of those students. So what they go out and they, they conduct Bible studies, one-on-one meetings, um, invite people into the center, in, into the faith, um, and talk to people kind of where they're at it in their faith, you know, because everyone walks differently along that path. One of the things we like to talk about the School of Minds is that we're a family. Uh, we had a, a accrediting body come in and interview us. They spent about two days here, and then they did the exit interview with me, and as they left, they said, you know, we've talked to students and faculty. You're a family. You look out for each other. During the pandemic in the spring, and I don't know how widely it was shared, but you and Father Mark had pictures of the students and other parishioners taped Mm -hmm. to the pews so that as Mass was going on, it looked like you had your normal family around you, and I think that's important. And you know, one of the things we try to do is we try to emphasize connection to the community. And right. the Newman Center does that very well. And like this summer, you're offering the Sunday night masses and daily masses up at Cathedral. So you're outreaching to more than just the university community. You're showing that the university community is reaching out to the rest of the community. And I think that's really important. I really appreciate the Newman Center doing that and, and yourself. Well, thank you very much. We you know, when we thought of that right away, we, we were wondering how do we address the, the social distancing aspect in the pews, right? We can fit about 75 people in, in our chapel. Well, with the social distancing six feet, you know, and a lot of these, 
students, they're, it's a one by one. So, you know, unlike a family, if a family right. comes in, you can kind of group together. You can group them together and it, it saves a little room. It does. It does. Well, here it's a lot more of a challenge. So we looked at it and said, well, we can get about 20 people in this place. If that, right. Yeah, that, right. That's about the max to be safe. So that was why we had that discussion uh, with the cathedral. You know, Father Christensen was a great advocate for us um, to make that happen. And so not only are we doing our daily mass there at noon, uh, our Sunday masses at 730, we're also doing our Sorsum Corda, which is, uh, you know, praise and worship um, Thursday nights. And uh, it's, it's wonderful because it allows that many more people to come and, and participate in the Mass, receive the Eucharist, and really participate in the faith that, you know, they weren't able to do uh, online, which uh, has been a real blessing. And we've had a lot of people that have come forward and noticed that we, in this challenging time, have, um, ha- you know, have a lot of needs. And it's amazing the outpour of support, whether through prayer, through um, financial donations, through... Uh, just being willing to help. Hey, do you guys need help mowing the lawn? Do you need, you know, because part of the discussion was we got to make some cuts. So we got rid of our lawn service and all a bunch right. of things, right? Father Mark is out there cutting the lawn. <laughs> it's awesome. Right. I mean, he's, you could just imagine him on that rider and he's <laughs> waving, he's got the collar on, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's really cool because we are, we're invested in this, right? And right. students <laughs> see that. Other people around in the community see that that we're we're taking the steps that we need to to uh, to make things happen. So, yeah, that, I, I would um, jump in. You know, the governor here in South Dakota, Governor Nome, uh, back when this all started in in spring, put out an executive order so that most of our employees worked remotely, and we didn't come to campus. So we really locked up our buildings for the public. You know, you could still come in and work as an employee, but you couldn't come in as as part of the public. It made it hard for students to get in as well because you had to get authorized to come in if you were on a research project. Well, our food bank for the university is located in Surbeck Center, which is our student center. Mm-hmm. Well, it was locked. Mm-hmm. Students couldn't get in. So the Newman Center moved the food bank over here. Right. And so it's, yeah. and we were able to tell people. And so, you know, to have the Newman Center open up their doors and say, hey, how can we help? And that's just, you know, that's, that's kind of the relationship with the campus, which is so good. We are very lucky. We, um, because all the campus ministry teams, um, whether it's the Luther House, uh, Lumen, the, uh, um, the Campus Ventures, we've got the International Student, you know, the International House, yeah. all of us combined, we're very uh, tight. We're a tight-knit group. We're yes. all different faiths, but we're very tight-knit. We have meetings all the time, and, and we help support this, the food bank. So when we decided we're keeping our doors open, I mean, if there's one place that you need to go or should be able to go during a pandemic, it's the Newman Center. So anyway, we were very blessed, and, and thank you for uh, allowing us to do that because a lot of students did use that and, and came into the Newman Center because the doors are open. So, And it was great. They needed the food because, you know, the – work-study programs. There was nothing on campus to do for work. You know, you lost your summer job. There, a lot of them that stayed in Rapid didn't have a job here. And so they needed that food security was very important. Uh, as we um, wrap up our time here today, Dr. Rankin, are there any final thoughts or reflections that you'd like to share with, with the listening audience? Oh, I just, I mean, we are so 
blessed to be able to have the Newman Center so close to campus. And, you know, if you're not familiar with campus, we've got about 2,500 students. And uh, I don't know what that percentage is that's Catholic. Uh, Brendan may know that answer. But at the same time, this is open to everybody. And and even if you're not coming to the Newman Center, the campus ministry is so strong on campus. And as you say, everybody works together that that is needed on this campus or any campus to make sure that students have a chance to come back to their religion if they're away or to continue um, with that service as they need to do that. Right. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you spending your, your morning with us, Dr. Rankin. It's been a real pleasure. Um, and thank you for your faith, your leadership, and, uh, and, and to your wife as well, and your support. You know, you're, you're a very uh, profound advocate for the Newman Center and this community. So thank you very much. No, you're welcome. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, there are more great segments coming up here in Real Presence Live. We have a couple great interviews, including the newly ordained Bishop Peter Mewich. So all this and much more coming up next. Stay tuned. Live 